So this program really is not about an aesthetic look. It's not about putting packing on muscle. And it's not about being super fancy in how to make it look exactly like something that a runner would do or exactly like something that a swimmer or a cyclist or a rower would do. Its intention is to give you connection to your body. Welcome to the Run Form Podcast. I'm Bobby McGee, running mechanics expert. And I'm Matt Pandola, your run-specific strength coach. Matt and I have been working together for almost a decade on some of the top athletes in the world, and we've decided to share that process with you guys. Hey, welcome everyone to the Run Form Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Pandola, but we have a new design that we want to share with you, and that's bringing strength a little bit more into the front seat in this particular podcast episode, we're going to talk all about strength endurance, why we do it, why we need it. Now, I'll give you a little bit of history here. I started working with Ryan Golick, my partner in crime over here, about 20 years ago. And over the years, I've learned so much from this guy. Uh, give him a chance because believe it or not, he's a lot smarter than he looks right here. All right. And we're going to talk about how we can help you as endurance athletes. So we intend this to be a large part in a series of strength endurance podcasts. And we will get your questions. We will answer a lot of these questions that I get uh, through email and through customer service. I feel like make such good topics that I really wanted to be able to have better overall, more in-depth answers for you guys. So that's what we're going to do with Ryan Golick here now and in the future. We're going to tell you a little bit more about our strength endurance base program that we made just for you guys. But first, without further ado, this is Ryan Golick. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Welcome. If I knew it was a visual thing, I would have worn my glasses. I look much smarter with those on. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about me. I am better looking than Matt, as you can now see in the video. Uh, so if we want to, you know, go ahead and drop comments. If you'd like the camera to just shift to me, that's totally acceptable. I have been in the industry in a similar time frame to Matt, only I'm younger, probably more athletic. Um, definitely smarter. Definitely smarter. Yeah. Oh, that's going to go without, without question. Can we really look at it? So I started my journey back when I was 21 years old. So four years ago and I really enjoyed the idea of physical therapy and rehab, and that was my intention. And as I worked in that clinical setting, I really started to see that I want to work in that preventative medicine realm. And I wanted to take that idea and translate it to how can I create strength in people to prevent injury or to accelerate their ability to recover. And that was the direction I started. And of course, when I was 21, four years ago, I thought I knew everything, and then here, four years later, I know even less. So I've regressed, and that's been good for me to learn that I have more to learn. But in 25 years, it's really been an explorative journey with me, and being able to see different people that I've worked with go in different directions, like Matt working into this uh, endurance realm has been fun for me to watch and I appreciate that you've 
given me the chance to mentor you and teach you and give you uh, a little bit more than you had before, which wasn't much. Uh, so I think people have heard enough from you so far, Ryan. I'm, I'm going to interject here with something you said. I think this is where that Dunning-Kruger effect that we talk about uh, quite a bit. And you had mentioned that you at first thought you knew a lot more than you really did know, right? And you kind of know that over time, what you thought you knew or even what you learned in school might need some real-world modifications, right? And in part, when it comes to strength endurance and working with endurance athletes, I mean, I can say lovingly that I'm a bit of a motor moron myself. When it came to strength training and my experience at especially Athletes Performance Institute, you would have to go through a mentorship where you, for example, learned how to do power lifts, Olympic lifts, et cetera, okay? So those you don't know, like powerlifting is your squat, your bench press, your deadlift. I include the pull-up in there, but most people don't. And then you have your Olympic lifts. And I can tell you that was a really tough process for me. And in a four-year mentorship, I think it took me about that long, to execute some of the Olympic lifts, especially in order to sort of pass that course and be able to coach it. And I started really thinking to myself, even back then, because geez, that was at least say 15 years ago, that there really needed to be, I think, more of an endurance-based program for athletes that not only need to be able to support that endurance, and we'll talk about why that is and how that is, but also that they're not intimidated by it and that they know it's something that they can you know, progress in. And it's not something that turns into rocket science on them or something they have to master within just a few weeks when really we know it can take more like a few months, right? So a lot of these concepts are what I started talking to you about over the years. We've even shared some clients. Uh, I know they liked me a lot better than you, but that you always gave me these clients in really good uh, base strength, really good uh, ability to be able to progress them forward. And so, you know, honestly, that is, again, why I believe we make good partners in crime. I'm a little bit more of that uh, endurance athlete, whereas I kind of do think of you more uh, a power-based type of athlete. So the conversations we've had over the years, I think, have really helped us to serve our clients forward in those directions by combining our thoughts even. Well, I consider myself a uh, unrecognized talent since my uh, build is is very endurance-driven and very type one, but I just never gravitated to really enjoying it. So I trained myself as far out of that as possible. But I think one way to look at it is when we explore the idea of endurance and especially when you're talking about, you know, your ultra type of people or your long distance triathlons, not to, you know, give Iron Man their, their isolated credit, but we kind of get caught up in this idea of these type one fibers and this endurance work and the system just doesn't work that way. I mean, it does exploit that, but we're always exploring different energy systems. The endurance system helps us to re-energize, I guess, for lack of a better word, that really short burst by the mitochondria, which I don't want to get 
weirdly scientific into it, but basically your body is regenerating within. So we're regenerating energy with oxygen to provide us that short burst work. And it also helps us buffer that lactic acid so that glycolytic system works a little bit more efficiently. But we're never once living in one system. And people that are strictly endurance people that go, oh, I just want to, I'm just going to go run or I'm going to bike or I'm going to swim or I'm going to do them all or I'm going to row are become somewhat inefficient because what they end up using, in my opinion, is what that particular sport has given them. But you really adapt to whatever you're doing. So newbies, I would imagine this is something that you can speak to a little bit more, don't really explore these different versions of training. It's like get out and today I'm going to go run six and tomorrow I'm going to go run six and then the next day I'm going to run six and then next week I'm going to run seven. And they're not looking at the things that are really going to help them excel at that middle and higher level, which is this power output. Then you have, you know, if you're looking at a big burst on a hill, or if you're trying to catch an opponent that's above, that's a little bit in front of you in whatever it is, you have to have that exploitation of these other muscle fibers and these other energy systems within the scope of whatever your endurance is. And, you know, you're high-end, high-level athletes that Matt claims to work with probably have a very high concentration of these type 1 endurance fibers. So their ability to exploit these smaller type 2, well, they're technically larger, but these type 2 fibers that are a little bit more powerful is a very small window. There's not a whole lot of those fibers that exist. You don't want a whole bunch of them, but you want the ones that you have to work. And when we look at a program of base strength, our goal is to create these muscle efficiencies to help us be able to exploit this power within an endurance race. That kind of be how you would think about that? Yeah. And you, I mean, you've brought up a lot of really good points that I do want to say in the endurance world and even working from the high school athlete, okay, to the age grouper to the pros, right? You'd be, I think, a lot of times surprised how many similarities there does tend to be because you have all this cyclic work, right? We're repeating these same motions over and over and over again, and we get uh, one-dimensional for sure. And then the higher-profile athletes I would work with, which uh, I don't claim to, I do work with Chelsea Sodaro, I work with Bennett Canute, Yep. Wait, I the name. Got a lot of names we can drop here, but some more in there. What else you, know, you got? These these athletes I'm going to um, mention because the base strength programming that we did put together, they had to start with the basics, right? If you master the basics, I think that's how you can become the best. But even the best, like Chelsea and Ben, they were too far removed from the basics. Right. So when we first started getting into their evaluations and their programming, we were realizing that there was a lot of the base training that they had to get back to. And that doesn't mean that the base training is easy. In fact, the base training has to take a front seat. I tell people that all the time, especially in your off season, get after your base again. Right. And that's really where I like to be able to relate that to everyone listening because, sure, the progressions that we have in a base program like this are 
I think really simple, easy to follow. I mean, we made 20 second videos of each movement to make sure, quite honestly, that I have learned from my first rodeo where I made a lot more complex videos about the why behind all these movements and what not to do and those type of things. That's kind of what more of the podcast is about. We're going to be talking a lot about these movements and the progressions, why we're doing them, and also what not to do. But we wanted to keep it really simple, really easy to follow. And we wanted to make sure we started with movements that really, at any level, it's good to revisit those patterns. And sure, some people are going to, with more experience, they're going to be able to progress through patterns a little bit faster again. But it certainly is a great way to start your year and really start to build off of that. So, you know, what we're sharing with you here is all about the progress that I've seen proven over time, right? So I just wanted to talk about what that is. And also, I think we should talk a little bit about what it's not, because we really had a lot of great conversations, you and I, about how we would build this program realizing uh, the mistakes, honestly, I've made in the past as a strength coach a lot, a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and that I know that you, you've made even more. That's why I've learned so much from you, from all your mistakes, you know, Eh, maybe not so much. (laughs) Uh, So, and you know, I will say again, you are highly educated in the field. Uh, I believe we call you master Golik now because you have your master's and it's, you know, that's, that's, Really, honestly, master's fine. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, people should know that there's there is that kind of education behind the program, but there's also sort of the experience that I've had with endurance athletes as well over the years. Where yes, I've learned when I have sort of uh, tried to progress too quickly or trying to get in too many, uh, I think, variables or bells and whistles. Where really it was about getting that athlete established with their coordination and control, getting them the chance to really build off of a good base when they're not doing so much volume and intensity in season, and then what will actually really help them to main gain in season, I call it, right? So for to really main gain in season, we need to start with a really good base. And if we don't have that, we do tend to chase our tails a little bit. But you know, let's talk about what the program is not, right? Um, so we've already kind of mentioned we don't want the program to be too complex. Um, we do have really good compound movements in there, so we don't mean that you're you're going to learn to squat and deadlift and press and pull with complex patterns, but we really took a lot of time to make sure that we're introducing these patterns in a manageable and progressive way. Yeah, I think... The thing we need to think about, and I had a conversation with a client that I had an eval with yesterday, actually a former Ironman slash ultra. So I get the, once they've stepped away from the game and are a little broken and they come back over to me. But I mean, that brings attention to that because in discussions with him and his strength training, he goes, oh, you know, I go to the gym and I do a handful of machines. And then the next day I did a handful of machines. And to me, I think when you look at the sport, and I'm talking any of the endurance sports, there's probably three schools of thought. There's the don't strength train at all. And the don't strength train at all demographic is I need to keep myself lean. I need to keep my endurance high. I need to not put on any more muscle. I need to be super efficient. 
Then there's the, I'm just going to go to the gym and it's maybe a touch of aesthetic, right? I want, I want, you know, I'm, I'm out here running. I'm going to be getting too little skinny. I want to just get some, some basic muscles. And then I think there's a demographic that we want to, ex- we want to change these other mindsets to become, which is how do I create a program that in the off season probably does add a little bit of muscle and not in a way that is inefficient, but actually exploits efficiency. Being too lean and being carrying too little muscle mass can be just as detrimental as someone who is big and bulky. So people that go in and go, oh, I'm going to get really, really big, have this same misnomer that we have with, say, your, you know, your house mom that goes in, I don't want to lift weights and get too bulky. And the reality is, I mean, you can obviously see the stature that I'm bringing here, but 30, 20, 30 years, and Matt still hasn't been able to get over 170 pounds. So when we look at it, it's not an easy task to put on mass. It's easy to put on weight. And by weight, it's usually just an exploitation of overeating. And maybe there's some strength associated. But when you're talking about the volume that most of these athletes, even in their off season, are putting in from the aerobic standpoint, you're praying to get enough muscle in, enough food in to fuel any sort of muscle repair, not in growth. So a lot of the benefits you're going to get out of this program is really a neurologic. And the neurologic benefit is about muscle efficiency and about being able to exploit more muscle fibers when the time is right. If I'm running really efficient, I should be using the least amount of muscle fibers over a period of time so that I always have juice in the tank. But if I'm going to take a hill or if I'm going to take an opponent ahead of me, I want to have that efficiency available. I want to be able to fire on all cylinders and grind out a hill. And then as soon as I make that, or as soon as I pass that person, I can dial that back and I can go back to that low level efficiency. And we always want to have that dial ready to go. And if your efficient dial is at 50% and your sprint speed is at 62%, you are leaving 40% little less than 40% on the table. If you're if you've got a ton of efficiency and you're able to exploit those type 2 and those explosive fibers and those power fibers and use it as one big unit, you've got so much more acceleration that you can create there. And the more acceleration you have there, the better you're going to feel when you're dialed back on that low intensity. And then you're going to be able to exploit a little bit of that fluctuation of energy system in that just general motor and go. So this program really is not about an aesthetic look. It's not about putting packing on muscle. And it's not about being super fancy in how to make it look exactly like something that a runner would do or exactly like something that a swimmer or a cyclist or a rower would do. Its intention is to give you connection to your body, your ability to take a movement and not feel coordinated with it and be able to load it until all of the muscles needed to make that pattern efficient work. And these are uniquely chosen in order for us to take an endurance athlete, and there's a lot of carryover between the different sports, and which is something we'll get into in a different podcast. But there's a lot of carryover to what we would consider slings in the system. There's a lot of carryover to posterior chain, and there's a lot of carryover to the needs that are encompassed in all of these sports. 
And that requires us to pick these movements that are going to give you the best bang for your buck or the biggest bang for your buck and not be 9,000 movements deep. And that's where we're going to start the base at. And then we build on those patterns and we build on the volume and we build on the speed. And by the time you get through your 12-week protocol, you're a machine. You're moving the way that you need to be moving to not only work at the level you were at, but accelerate past that. Yeah, it's well said. I mean, you know, there's so many important topics that you brought up. I want everyone listening to know we we wanted to start this off just giving you a reason to listen, really, and to understand that in the next podcast, for example, we'll be talking about really what is in the first progression, more specifically, what we chose and why we chose it, and what you can expect out of something like that, even if you're never getting our program, just to understand programming a little bit better. So you're not just throwing a bunch of uh, you know, eggs at the wall and, and realizing that ultimately, if you have improved strength, that is always what we want to be able to refer to for our skill sets, right? So our strength is only as good as our ability to express it in our skill sets. And athletes that are afraid or concerned about gaining too much mass. You know, again, I can tell you with somebody like Ben Knut, he was uh, gained a few pounds of muscle, yes. And he also, those of you who followed his career, is now so good on the run. He's the fastest American of all time in long course triathlon. And it was really the run that dramatically improved. And yet a lot of people would think, well, you got to be lighter for the run, right? Now, he actually gained a few pounds, and he's faster than ever off of the bike onto the run. And uh, that is what we like to be able to use as examples in knowing this program, these progressions are serving the athlete for more go, not about the show. It's not meathead. We look at movements that, yes, are going to get your proximal stiffness okay, a lot better. So you have that dynamic trunk control so that that relates to your distal athleticism. And then we are looking at how that's proven over time for athletes and essentially selecting the movements that we know gave us the best bang for our buck, as you would say. All right. So, you know, going into our future programming, this next podcast, we're going to talk about that first progression. We're going to talk about why we chose what we chose. But we do want you to know that we have a pre-sale. Uh, we do have our product out. It's on my website. So you go to Pendola Project and you can click on that pre-sale. If you do, we're giving 30% off right now. So the program's only $140. If you do want to get that, we're going to be offering that for the rest of this month. And Ultimately, guys, what I hope that you realize is that nothing that we did in our programming was a, was just thrown at the wall, right? Everything was carefully selected and proven over time. And I know how frustrating it is. In my closing thoughts, I really just want people to genuinely know that over the years, like Ryan said, I've, I can't bust 170 pounds because my passion is endurance. But I'm a much, much more efficient 170 pounds than I've ever been before. 
right? So I can deadlift about 400 pounds at this point in my life, but I can also go out and run three or 30 miles in the mountains if I really, if I really want to. And that's, you know, fitting my why. I have a long course triathlon, Ironman and my goals, but I also have the longevity in my mindset that I want to be able to chase my grandkids in the park one day too. So a strong, healthy, efficient body is what I program for. Uh, Ryan, your final thoughts? Yeah, I think the important thing, especially as people are listening and looking forward to what we have coming up, is really to kind of bullet point the specifics of what you're going to gain from this program. And having worked with a lot of aging adults and looking at former athletes and former non-athletes, and we see is this lack of use change in the system. And that is associated with muscle, that's associated with speed, that's associated with flexibility and mobility. And what we wanted out of this program was to take an athlete at any age and at any level and be able to give them the tools to improve these qualities in a time when they're not hammering out the mileage or the distances that they have in whatever their sport is. So even though it is a base strength program, we're going to show you within this that you can gain range of motion in areas that have become a little excessively stiff. And a lot of times that's the upper back. Uh, a lot of times that's through the hips. And we gain range of motion by the body accepting that you're strong there and giving you the availability to move. A lot of people think stretching is about lengthening tissues. And the reality is it's, an, it's all controlled in the nervous system. So your body's ability to gain range of motion is mostly related to going into those positions and we like to call own the position. And if you don't own the position by body weight strength or loaded strength, you're not going to be able to keep it. And we lose it in these short range motions that running has or cycling has or swimming has. And these program variables are going to exploit your ability to get into these better positions that you're not using. The other side of it is we want you to have a power button. We want you to have that going, 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 and then here's gear two, three, and four. And if you don't have that, you're never going to reach that next level. Just because you have great endurance does not mean that you have great power or great finish. So hills are going to be a lot easier. Your sprints to the finish are going to be a lot easier. We want you to have that little extra button to go, boom, I'm moving. The next and final thing that I want to bullet point that we're going to discuss is taking you out of inefficiency by correcting these overuse areas. So when you're, say, a runner, there is a certain system that is continuously used for you to be efficient there. But what ends up happening is you train yourself out of some of these stabilization positions that whether it's technique or whether it's something that you just have within your performance cycle, we want to start to correct those positions, whether it's a hunched back, whether it's tight through the hips, whether it's kind of a sway back position where you sit back and kind of hang on your hip flexors. We want to give you these tools to make you strong in a neutral, comfortable position so you become more efficient. So we are improving range of motion, we're improving efficiency, and we're giving you those top three gears to be able to generate power when you need it. And all of that is going to make you a better athlete. Yeah, that's, that's uh, really part of what I think my final, final thought 
is what we uh, discussed about making sure that athletes are, say, on the bike longer and feel better doing it, or they're getting stronger to be able to hold their posture longer, in other words. So uh, again, for any type of endurance athlete, it really does boil down to, are you holding your posture, let it flow out of you, more efficiency, um, and being able to do that longer, but also just being able to enjoy being out there for five hours if that's your plan for the day and not dreading the uh, the back pain that you're going to feel halfway through it, right? So all of those things I think really important. And I do want people to know that I always support the band training that we've done in the past. I've always talked about how important that is in our in-season run form protocols, uh, triathlon in-season strength work that we do out of the hotel room, out of, you know, efficiency as well. But we did want to make sure that this was about learning how to lift weights. And so this program is all centered around weight lifting itself um, with minimal equipment, but really fun, I think, to have a change up in your plan for those of you that have been doing our other programs. This will be a new dimension for you and I think a really fun one. Yeah, very good. Thanks for listening, guys. And Ryan, thanks for partnering up with me. Uh, we give each other a hard time, but there's nobody better in the industry to do this with. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to talking to you guys next time. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. As always, thanks for listening to the Run Form podcast. And as a reminder, we offer a totally free movement improvement assessment on our Pendola Project website. Here, you can get your own personalized protocol that will help your running today. So give that a try. Also, Bobby and I are experts on any question app where you can ask us, well, any question. So reach out to us directly there. Finally, if you learned anything new today, don't forget to share it with your compadres and leave us a quick review. That really helps us a lot. All the links you need are in the show notes below. Till next time, have a great run. Well, that was that was awesome. Yeah.